Boz has spoken. Welcome to the Land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. And welcome to the Land of Boz for Saturday, June 3rd, 2023. Yep, I'm at a November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. I'm at making a show every six months. Pretty strong work, right? So what do you say we get into it? Um, I've got a new mic, a new mic setup. It requires less work. So in theory, I shouldn't be as intimidated doing this show. So let's get into it. Here's a segment I always start off with today in history because some people are still, um, I've, as I understand it, there was a point in time where people actually played this segment in their classrooms. Now for all the people out there, I'm advocating homeschooling your kids. You can now play this at homeschool. I try to keep it clean. So let's do a little bit of Today in History. Extra, extra, read all about it. Life story of Playboy Penny. Extra, extra. All right, let's get into it. Today, June 3rd, 1968. Well, today, June 3rd, but the one I'm referencing is June 3rd, 1968. Andy Warhol is shot. For those of you who don't know, he was a pop artist back in those days. And he was an art critic or he was shot by an art critic named Valerie Solana. She also tried to shoot Warhol's manager, but her gun jammed. People, I'm telling you, you need to train. Train on the weapon you shoot with. I'm not saying I advocate shooting Andy Warhol, but a jammed weapon is something you should be able to, what is it, sports? You should know that by now. She believed Warhol was trying to steal her manuscript, Scum Manifesto, which portrayed a world without men and called on women to eliminate male sex and the male sex and overthrow the government scum stands for society for cutting up something and it's blocked out by a splash ad. So she sounded stable. Continuing on to today, 1965, the first American to walk in space. Edward White goes for a walk outside of Gemini four. His walk lasted for 23 minutes. He died in the 1967 Apollo one disaster, making him and the crew, the first American astronauts to die in a spacecraft. I don't know about y'all, but when I was a kid and you had to write reports, I was fascinated with space and space travel. And so almost all my reports were on space and the Apollo and various Apollo missions. Moving on. Let's see. Ah, I don't care about this one. Ah, we don't care about this one. Ah, this is interesting. June 3rd, 2004. CIA director George Tennant resigns. He had been under fire for the way the CIA monitored terrorist activity before the 9-11 attacks in 2001 and for intelligence failures leading up to the war in Iraq. Six months later, he would be awarded, ironically, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Huh. This is interesting. Uh, if you're all about teaching a little bit of sex education for anybody who's listening to this with their youth. June 3rd, 1993, Ireland approves vending machines with condoms in them. Up until 1979, Irish law prohibited the importation and sale of contraceptives. In 1979, they became legal with a prescription. Holy crap. I, <laughs> actually leaves me speechless. I'm done. I got nothing there. Moving on. Let's see. Blah, blah, blah. In June, the New York Knickerbockers today in 1851 were the first baseball team, Bodie just joined us, the first baseball team to wear uniforms. I'll be damned. Uh, these are some old, old dates. It's just cruising along. We don't care. We don't care. We don't care. A lot of stuff happened, but none of this is very entertaining, so... What is least less entertaining is me saying we don't care. Ah, this is interesting. The Gerber baby. Ah, cute little Gerber baby. Died <laughs> today on this date in 2022. American baby model, the Gerber baby. When she was five months old, a neighbor did a car charcoal sketch of her. When Gerber launched a contest for a baby image for their products, her, her sketch was chosen. I have kind of a tumultuous, I can never say that word pissy uh, relationship with Gerbers as they are, there are descendants of them who were my accountants in Los Angeles and their tax services this year sucked and they charged me $2,000. I'm super effed. 
not not that's not what I owed. That was their invoice for like their services. That wasn't federal state return like what I owed to those. That was their invoice. Um, and as my witness slash girlfriend slash live in tolerator of me witnessed, uh, I did more work for my taxes than the people I was paying to do them. There was actually a point, this is a little bitch session, but there was actually a point where I go, I responded back on, Hey, this doesn't seem right. And they're like, Oh, the guy goes, I couldn't actually open that email. So I just kept on moving. I was like, wait, or open that document. So I didn't look at it. And that document nearly cut what I was owing by like 80%. So I would have owed over double had I not pestered them to go, Hey, how about you open that PDF I sent you with really important information? So I wish no ill will on anybody, especially the Gerber baby, but I also am not going to take any more shit. Uh, I guess I just turned 45. I won't tell anybody my birthday. People have figured it out. I'm a Taurus, but, uh, as I'm tipping that second half, I'm, I'm really not tolerating much anymore. On a, moving on, Muhammad Ali, today, June 3rd, 2016, Muhammad Ali died, Cassius Clay. The American boxer, three-time world heavyweight champion. He was arrested, found guilty of draft evasion, and stripped of his title for refusing to serve in the Vietnam War. I don't know why they included that. Uh, some other people, some other people. Mayor of Silicon Valley, for anybody that lives there, no disrespect, but I hate San Francisco and the Silicon Valley. So... That's just my thing. Ah, you CrossFit people. If you don't know, if nobody knows who's doing CrossFit, that means they don't do CrossFit because if you do CrossFit, you tell everybody that you do CrossFit. And you will take a moment, take a knee, do some burpees for this gentleman. William Muldoon died June 3rd, 1933. He was the inventor of the medicine ball. So a moment of silence while I scroll. All right, moving on. Um... These are some pretty thin pickings here for uh, for Johann Strauss, Australian composer, The Waltz King. He died June 3rd, 1899. I didn't know he was Johann Strauss II. Interesting. Busy day of death and birth. So that is it, finally, for today in history. And I completely forgot this at the beginning. This is how rusty I get after doing only a show every six months. Uh, happy weekend, everybody. The greatest weekend of my life. <laughs> That's a little forced, but it's not the greatest weekend of my life, but it's not necessarily the worst either by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a weekend, and that's the only sound clip I have for weekends. So moving on, uh, since I have to do this show, or since I seem to do this show only every six months or so, um, I have to do this segment to keep people up to date as to what the crap I'm up to. Where have you been? All right, where have I been? I just changed some volume buttons and about blew my head off. I'm looking at my show notes from the last time I did a show, which was November 14th. Yep, nothing's new. <laughs> I had a birthday, uh, so I'm tw uh, 25. I'm 45 now, so there's a little uh, truth. And other than that, just been kind of kind of on autopilot. Um, I'll do another segment on what I've been doing in the world of hell a and film. Um, but other than that, just kind of in this autopilot zone of uh, setting, working on the house with Betty and I, uh, because she has an amazing full time job and I am whatever I am. So I stay home and work on house upkeep, house maintenance, building, repairing, breaking, and taking care of Bodie and. Um, I don't have much of a personal life. I have nothing. <laughs> um, goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, so those of you who don't remember, don't know, I moved to Nebraska. And uh, since I only really have Betty here, um, I've become pretty good friends with her brother. Really good dude. He's my people. Um, and other than that, I've just been kind of focusing on existing and surviving and figuring out this life we all have. Um been trying to just get some pay the bills jobs. And so it's for those of you who have seen me bitch a little bit online about it. It's quite surprising. I've applied to pretty 
um, very entry level jobs like gas station attendant and forklift driver of which I actually have licensing and experience doing couldn't get those jobs. It's baffling. Um, a lot of people are saying as they listen to this or they've told me in the past overqualified. So I've even lied on my resume and deleted like green beret stuff, firefighter stuff. And that still didn't work. It's quite weird. Like I'm not spending eight hours a day job hunting and job interviewing and all that. So I'm not going to say it's a, it's uh, a beat to death horse, but it is fascinating. I just thought I'd go grab a quick, uh, forklift job. You know, I got muscles and a license to do it. Not the case. There's not a lot of ranches around here. I was actually surprised. I was a little ignorance on my part. Um, I found a ranch I'm going to volunteer at, uh, you know, so I'm basically going to lose money driving my truck out to that ranch, (laughs) but it is a satisfying thing. As you guys know, I love, uh, being around horses and all that. And that's a dream of Betty and I's is to, uh, get a property with some acreage and one or two horses, if not more. And other than that, it's just been uh, kind of survival. Um, I saw my parents, this isn't all about, well, it is my show, but this isn't supposed to be all about me, but the catch up, um, I saw my parents, they came and visited Betty and I, it was actually the first time they met Betty. So that was a stressful weekend. And then my parents and her parents met. And so it was a very crammed weekend or week actually of big family stuff and I say this a lot, so bear with me for saying this phrase a lot, but for those of you who have been with me for a while, you know that is a big deal. Uh, Parents meeting the girl has never, hasn't happened except once since another life of mine. And that was kind of a, to be honest, a logistics thing because I wanted to see them and I brought company with me. (laughs) It wasn't like a, mom, dad, you need to meet this woman. Uh, But that was the case this time with Betty and my parents. So it was really important for my parents to meet her. It was important for me to have her meet them. It was important for the two groups of parents to meet each other because um, things are going quite well and quite serious. Part of the reason I want to get more work and extra work and all that stuff is to pay for a little left-handed ring finger bling. Um, it's no secret. I call her pre-wife on social media. And I know pre-wife is essentially fiance, but it was a joke and saying pre pre wife, which is technically more accurate, just kind of didn't have the same ring to it. So she's my pre wife and I'm her pre husband. And other than that, that was the biggest thing. I haven't seen my parents in a long time. I saw them in passing when I was working in San Francisco during the pandemic doing, uh, as a covert agent. Sounds really cool. Paid really well. Uh, they kind of deed me over on some injection thing. Um, and so I saw them in passing ironically, um, on a job I was on. But other than that, I have not seen them for like over an hour in probably like maybe five or six years, maybe. Um, moving to LA came with a lot of sacrifices, i.e. money to travel and see friends and family. So that was a, uh, that's a whole nother segment on, I don't know, Jeff's headspace with Hollywood. Um, I'll do that segment actually next, but that is the short of it personally. Um, Betty is the best thing in my life and has ever happened to me. Her dog and I are, the, Bodie is my, is my canine clone of me. Izzy was my yin to my yang. We were very complimentary. Bodie is ironically, he's me as a dog. He's a OCD. He gets, <laughs> he gets white noise blindness, we call it. Like he, something will happen and he will just obsess and focus on it and see and hear nothing. Um, and he's a little OCD. He's a little anxiety ridden. He's always stressed. We, Betty caught he and I sighing the other day. I sighed quite audibly loud cause I was stressed over something and he legitimately sighed seconds later, almost with the same cadence and tone. Uh, Betty laughed to the point of tears. Um, it was funny, but he is becoming my, he's the canine version of me. And yeah, that is about it. Looking for work. Hollywood or otherwise, Hollywood obviously, but we all know Hollywood is what it is. That'll be another segment. Um, living, eating, and just existing, taking care of the house and bills and the dog, keeping the cats alive despite my distaste in cats. And kind of it's, uh, I'm kind of the, uh, not in a bad way, this sounds negative, but I'm kind of like the housewife. I am I stay home and take care of the house because with my military stuff, I have that luxury, to use that word loosely, as far as just, uh, I'm not like financially free by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, my setup allows me to not have to, I do need to get like a 40 hour a week work week job 
uh, to get out of some holes. But once that, those holes are undug, I don't necessarily have to work. I mean, it's thin, but I don't have to. So as a result, I stay home and I play uh, Mr. Mom, basically. But we don't have kids. And yeah, that's it. I'm not going to ramble anymore. That is what I am up to for now. All right, and moving on, I touched a little bit on it as far as where am I, what am I, who, what, where, why, how am I in Hollywood? Hollywood is Jeff Bosley. Some of those transition clips I use are absurd. Um, I'll try not to turn this into a bitch session, but the short of it is, is um, it's ironic because in Hollywood... Uh, by no means have I quote unquote made it and I'm not sitting comfortable on like an inertia. Like that's my dream is to just have enough inertia that I can kind of rely on it as good as a 40 hour work week at McDonald's. Like, you know, I have work and I'll get a paycheck. That's about it. That's how simple I want it. Uh, but I don't have that, but I had enough. And because of the pandemics creating a lot of what they're called self tapes, as in the auditions are all video based and very rarely, if ever anymore in person, it allowed me to move and still focus on or have a toe in that Hollywood pool. Um, and I had enough of a career that I could do that. And it's weird because as you get, I don't want to use the word bigger, but in this case, I'll use the word bigger. As you get bigger, you get bigger audition chances, but the frequency of those big ones are way more infrequent or way less frequent. So it's ironic. When I first started, I was having two or three auditions a day. When, this is when I was taking like anything in every every role possible. I'd have two or three auditions a day, five, six days a week. I'd be working every day. They were either no pay or low pay, that kind of stuff. So it's, as you get, like I said, bigger. I'll use that word loosely. Um, you get a lot of bigger auditions. Um, I've had some giant ones that would have changed my career. I won't be all like talking about the past, but just for reference, you know, I had the chance to, or I did audition for the new Reacher series. We all know how that went. But I also was able to audition for the main baddie for um, The Lord of the Rings, um, uh, Obi-Wan. Um, I just auditioned for the main baddie in the season three of Reacher. So that would have been a season-long role. And um, I just auditioned for the main baddie. Apparently, I'm only good at bad guys um, for a thing where they say fatality and a guy named scorpion says get over here i auditioned for that main bad guy for the new sequel um and you're like well god i say this to myself a lot so if any of y'all are going well god you audition a lot and don't book yes that's self-deprecatingly true and when those roles are less frequent and more narrow and bigger there's only a few eyes and ears and uh, on, only it's a small uh, a small community, if you will. So if they didn't like me, they wouldn't keep auditioning me. Even though these were different agencies and casting directors, sooner or later it'd get out like, this guy sucks, don't audition him. So the fact I keep getting them, this is what I got to keep in mind when I'm being hard on myself. The fact I keep getting these giant ones, even as a essentially a no-name, that speaks volumes. And that's what I'm supposed to say to myself to get through the day. <laughs> Most of the time, however, I'm pretty hard on myself, pretty self-deprecating and really pissy about not booking them. That's just me being me. I'm very competitive. A lot of people have, um, maybe, I don't know who's right, but when it comes to not booking a role, I'm really competitive. I don't care if it was becoming a Green Beret, becoming a firefighter. Some if I don't get this something, somebody else is going to get that slot. That's just how I look at it. So it's competitive. I mean, I don't wish harm on these. Well, I don't wish harm per se, but you know, if somebody washes out and quits, that's one less slot I have to worry about, or one less human that is fighting for my slot. So again, I don't go to the extreme of like I wish them to get hit by a car, but I like it when people don't get my jobs, and um, that's just my competitive nature. I'm not going to go to the like the uh, you know the the playoff game. Or I'm not going to go to the championship game if I lost the team in the playoffs. If I didn't make it to the championship because I screwed up or lost, why would I want to go watch the winners uh, play to be the ultimate champion of that season, of that sport, whatever it may be? So 
uh, that's my competitive nature, but I do need to always keep in mind, Hey, I wouldn't be getting these big ones. They keep bringing me to these big ones, even as a no name. So those are the things that get me kind of through the day. Um, and if, again, for anybody that's been with me for a while knows I've probably transitioned over the years as for how I handle it. Um, I did go, I ran the Hollywood existence as a sprint, not a marathon, but I ran the sprint. I ran it a, a marathon length at a sprint pace and it nearly killed me at least spiritually. <laughs> so I'm in a new headspace of that, you know, I've, I've happiness with betting our home and I'm away from things that I really despise. Uh, but don't get me wrong. I would kill to get one of these roles, um, and be one of the people that is normal because I'm older and more stuck in my ways. I'm not going to get corrupt by that. A lot of that disgusting crap. And yeah, so I just want to play pretend. Um, the video game sequel pr- movie I just auditioned for was just like a week ago, two weeks ago, maybe a month at this point. So they're still fresh and happening. Um, I still, my agents are in LA and Atlanta and they can submit across the States. Um, there's, st- we're still submitting and doing that hustling and it's just a weird business. Um, I lost my agency in Atlanta. They opted not to keep me on their roster, which is their prerogative, but kind of sucks. They got me some big auditions, um, and that's that. Oh, yeah, I guess uh, the big thing right now currently is that I'm pimping. I'm going. I'm not going to do the same as I did in Jack Reacher. I'm, I'm going to be as um, uh, motivated and, and energetic about it, but I'm going to make sure I don't transition a, into the potential of looking desperate and uh, not mature. Um, but it's this book series about a guy named Dempsey. It's called, it's called the tier one series. Um, and these authors are, are, they're awesome. They're really good guys. I've met with them twice, um, in, in like public formats on podcasts. I've actually had, and I had a personal FaceTime call with them or a zoom call with them. And again, they have to play the game and do, you know, go through the appropriate steps when they got their book. It went, it's going to somewhere. Um, that's all that's been released. And so it's going to, you know, for Amazon or Netflix or who knows, but they got to play the game. They're not going to be able to go in there. Like the days of Stallone saying, you can't make Rocky if it's not me as the hero or the lead, those days don't exist anymore. So you got to play the game a little bit more, which sucks because when people are always like, just make your own thing, it's not going to matter because studios want the guaranteed income. But so they know I know that they know I won't like hold a grudge if they're like, no, it's gotta be, if the studio says, no, it's gotta be Chris Pratt or whatever, God forbid. Cause then it, he'd be on terminal list and this, and that, that as a fan would be stupid, but I'm a fan of the books. They're really good books. I tore through them. I think there's seven and I tore through all of them, probably 14 weeks total. And, um, so the authors know I obviously would kill to be the lead role. Um, and when I read the books, anybody who reads them, choose to read them now, chooses to read them now, read them, tier one, Dempsey is me. Um, I said that about Reacher, but Dempsey, <laughs> granted he was a SEAL, that's the only exception. And again, I always say hire the actor, and if they have bonus accolades, that's a bonus to the character. But I'm not one of those people that says, you need to hire Navy SEAL to play a Navy SEAL. I mean, because at what point, where would it end? I'm not going to say you need to hire a doctor to play a doctor. It's called freaking acting. But if that person happened to be a doctor and fits the, you know, fills the checks, all the boxes, as far as the acting aspect of it, bonus, same with me, uh, playing a Navy seal, it's called acting, uh, a green beret, green beret playing that with a good advisor that can help figure out the idiosyncrasies between the two things. It's going to be fine. Uh, but the stories, the attitude, the physical damage and body destruction he has, um, I, I might be blinded or really biased, but he's me. And so I'm really pushing for it. Um, so far there's no official casting or casting directors. So right now it's just kind of social media pimpage and that's about all I can do. I don't want to piss them off or be disrespectful to them. So they know, um, I, I, they know I'm doing, um, the psyops kind of social media marketing shenanigans, but they know, um, at the root of it, I am another vet, they're vets. And that, um, it's just me playing the game. Um, it's genuine. I want the role, but you know, they, I don't want them to be like, God, this guy's annoying, you know? So that's probably the biggest thing. That's the next, 
that's probably the next reacher for me. And for those of you who are new or haven't been with me or have been with me, just a reminder, the auditioning for the reacher was a two-year process um, because they wanted a no-name, but the studios, of course, didn't want a no-name. They wanted somebody with a name and, you know, enough to sell tickets. And I think they, that's where they found the compromise with who they cast in, you know, whatever. Um, but to get an audition as a no name, I spent those two years for those of you who remember, um, saturating the shit out of the internet with Jeff Bosley for Reacher. And I had amazing, uh, followers now that are just with me because of that, or actually left the Reacher world and the author because I didn't get the role. If you listen to this, you know who you are. Um, that kind of loyalty and support is just, uh, unbelievably appreciated. So that's, I did that for two years. A fan film was made, uh, just, you know, doing everything possible. Um, I'm a little bit more mature and later in my career and, um, I want to play it just right. So, uh, up until casting directors are announced, I'm going to, you know, I got the little, uh, Bosley is Dempsey hashtags. I'll post stuff. And, you know, I got some people already made some fan art, which was awesome. Um, but beyond that, I'm, Trying to play it just right. Play it cool, but also it's Hollywood. I have to beat the hell out of them constantly because they are they have the oh, the worst short-term memory ever and long-term memory. So it's a weird, delicate, sweet spot dance. So that's the biggest thing that's constantly on my mind. I'm training for it. Hell, I got a hair transplant to look younger. So how dedicated is that? Because the character is just a bit younger. So I'm like, all right, screw you guys. I not, not the authors, but generically <laughs> screw you guys. I'll, uh, eliminate the variable. So you can't say I look too young or too old. So there you go. Hair transplant. And that is the very long, uh, where is Jeff Bosley in Hollywood? And I promise I do keep track of emails and DMS when they come to be show appropriate. And so this is, I don't want to call it fan mail, but I'm going to call it fan mail. And it's a little bit of fitness chat in, in your intertwined. So here is a combo of uh, fitness chat and fan mail. Okay, I'm going to get a Bowflex. I'm going to commit. I'm going to get some dumbbells. You know you can't eat dumbbells, right? Ah! Oh my God! Here? I know him. I know him. And yes, those are my intros for fitness and uh, fan mail. A little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy and um, Elf. So this is a question. Um, somebody asked me, uh, I'd like to throw in a chat on your sleep routine. That's something I I point people towards when they moan they can't sleep. Um, again, I'm no expert. My sleep is a nightmare. It is a special hellscape that has been a dark horrendous soul stealing nightmare since college and it was only worsened by the military and firefighting so as a result i obsess over my sleep hygiene until things get better it's pretty much non-negotiable my i'm working on a lot of health issues and uh before it's too late and sleep hygiene as we all do or don't know you is one of the biggies you need your sleep your shit together with sleep um, and so th just a generic overview, and I pretty much extrapolate and pull all this from legitimate sources like Andrew Human, Peter Tia. Um, those might actually be the biggest ones, to be honest with you. And anything, a lot of stuff they find is from others. So um, pretty reliable sources. But what I've kind of pulled from all of them is the biggest thing is keep a consistent wake and sleep schedule, regardless of if it's the weekend, seven days a week every day. Obviously you have a life. People are going to go out to dinner and there's going to be deviations, but you still technically are supposed to wake up the same time the next day. Obviously, if it's to the point where you're up every night and your, your bedtime has changed by several hours and you're, you still keep waking up the same time the next morning, eventually you're going to be like, okay, I actually need to shift a little bit, shift everything to the right. But outside of like a late night dinner or some event like that, Bedtime and wake-up time stay the same. If bedtime changes, wake-up time stays the same. You do not deviate because it creates, um, it's kind of like a sleep drive, almost like a sleep hunger. And your your body and your brain and all that circadian rhythm bullcrap will get used to that pattern um, and crave it. So syncing that is extremely important because your body will figure out the timing. 
And I'm pretty extreme as far as I go to bed like at 6 or 7 p.m. So it's still daylight and I get up at uh, 2 or 3 a.m. And so I actually have uh, a lamp that replicates bright sunlight to force my body when I wake up to think it's daylight and to to force cycle that circadian rhythm. Um, I have a special bulb from, um, they're called Norb, Norb Lighting. Um, I'm actually going to do a review of some of their products later. Um, Stand by. I need to type something before I forget. Do 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 do. It's the hold music. Do 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 do. Hold music. All right, I'm back. Um, so actually, I have a, a dedicated sleep bulb in our bedroom. So when I go to bed at night, I'll have that on. Um, I don't want to deviate into lighting yet. So that's the schedule. Uh, same time bed, same time wake. Um, and then to help with that schedule, lighting. Uh, there are studies and all that crap that talks about those blue light glasses. Um, so I actually put those on at 4 PM when I go to bed about seven. So my, I start making my eyes think it's time to the sun setting. Uh, Andrew Huberman goes into this huge, uh, amazing scientific reports as far as like cones and rods and the sun being above versus below and blue. It's, it's fascinating, but the short of it that I'm giving you the cliff note, cliff note versions version of is towards the evening, I throw on my blue light glasses to help my brain and my eyes think the sun is setting and that it's time to start stop stimulating those things to keep me awake. And then at night when I go into the bedroom, I'll read the Kindle for a bit with those glasses on, but I also have a bulb in our lamp that's uh, from Norb. I'll tag it in the, the show notes. Um, and it's their sleep one that's not made to stimulate your waking uh, response. And then in the morning I wake up, I have uh, a Norb lighting... Um, uh, I forgot the, which line of lighting it is. I think it's called Smile. It's their daytime bulb in our in my basement in the gym when I work out. So I have that bulb on. Excuse me. This is a good mic, so I'm sure you're hearing me burp. Um, but I also have a huge, bright daylight light that I actually measured with a light meter um, in our family room. And that's, that's substantial. I use that when I wake up at two in the morning, since it's obviously still dark outside because all the science out there says, you know, within like an hour or something of waking up, you should go look at the sun. The sun isn't up for me yet. So I use that bulb or that lamp. Um, so that helps with your cycle, your circadian rhythm, your light and your wake and sleep response times by the going to bed the same time, waking up the same time, having light, light trickery to match, replicate, sunset sunrise um i also do the uh digital uh, uh i don't know what you want to call it like a digital taper towards the end of the day i try to quit looking at cell phones i'll still watch tv a little bit but i'll actually consciously watch something that doesn't re- require my brain to get engaged like something you know parks and rec betty and i watch that at night before i go to bed um just something to enjoy turn the brain off de-stress and kind of just chill and uh but yeah, so I try not to make like, I try not to get involved. I actually try, I have a dedicated time at about five o'clock ish, a couple hours before I go to bed to quit. Uh, I don't know if you want to say using my brain. Um, Cause I, I'm definitely a person that has a problem turning my brain off. So I actually have a very dedicated system for that. Um, I'll break down my schedule when I, at the end of this section. Um, what else? Let me look at those, my schedule. I really avoid caffeine, anything after noon for me. I actually, a little bit earlier than that. If you're not caffeine sensitive, fine. Uh, but I don't want to have anything in my system that could potentially affect my sleep at night because my night is night. My sleep is a miserable nightmare. So I'll do every hack I can. So I have, here's the breakdown. 10 hours before bed, I stop caffeine. I quit drinking um, for some reasons. And uh, three hours, if you drew drink, three hours before bed, stop drinking alcohol. So whatever you're doing, do it, finish it three hours before bed because alcohol is horrible for REM sleep. Two hours before your bedtime, stop working. That's when I stop checking emails or this is my rules. I try to stop checking emails, quit looking at my phone, quit social media. I have my phone has all the do not disturbs on two hours. So I just quit engaging my brain. And then one hour before bed, uh, dedicated electronics and screens are off. And for iPhone users, you can actually turn off, you know, like you can actually set up some crazy intense do not disturb features to the point where not even the little red bubble is on saying you have an email or a text. And you you can actually choose who 
gets the notifications. So like if Betty texts me after those, I still see that it's from her, but I don't see any from anybody else. So it, it's pretty r- ruthless as far as what I do. Um, that's the gist of it. Um, that's a really good question. I really appreciate you. I think somebody sent that DM to me. Um, and I know a lot of people that have done everything I've said and it's been life changing for them personally. I haven't noticed squat. <laughs> so it's extremely frustrating. Same with like the ice baths when you've, if you've seen me post that crap. Um, I, I do it because on paper, people have said in studies it does stuff. So I'm just like on faith right now, um, dealing with a lot of stuff I'm trying to remedy that's just built up over the years. Um, I'm working with an organization called Task Force Dagger and Dr. Gabriel Lyon and her staff. Um, they're really good at people working with my, I don't know what you want to call it, issues. Uh, Google allostatic load, A-L-L-O-S-T-A-T-I-C, static, allo, A-L-L-O, static load. Um, it's also called operator syndrome. Uh, it's pretty much caught up to me and it needs to be remedied. So the sleep is one of many facets I'm really focusing on. And I, like I said, I don't see anything from it, but I know it can't be worse. The only hiccup I would say, or the only drawback that's really pissing me off is, um, with that dedicated schedule, you, it's kind of like if you had an allergy to something or something that would kill you, it's easier to go, I am not going to consume this because it's unhealthy and dangerous for me. Yet when it comes to sleep, it's equally the same. It's very unhealthy over the years and it can be dangerous when it comes to like heart disease and all sorts of system failures. Yet it's the thing we sacrifice most because it's so intangible. So to relentlessly stick to my guns as if not getting the sleep schedule, uh, hitting it as it's supposed to, I treat it like it's an allergy. And Betty's amazing and extremely supportive and understanding. She's actually a bigger proponent for my health than I am. But that's, I would say that's the one drawback is if you have a different sleep schedule, especially if you have kids, um, Betty and I's schedules are a little overlappy, uh, but they don't sync up totally. Um, so it's kind of like, cool, I'm doing this healthy thing to go to bed that doesn't make me feel any better and cuts into my time with Betty after she gets off work. So I basically don't feel like I'm winning. I'm just doing it based on faith and uh, research that says diagnostically it should lead to something. So she's really understanding, but obviously that, like I said, that's the one drawback is it kind of just sucks because it doesn't feel like there's anything benefiting, only just negative drawbacks. I still am tired the next day and I didn't get to spend time with Betty. So sometimes I'm like, well, how about I just spend time with Betty if I'm just going to be tired anyway? So that's sleep chat. <laughs> Feel free to hit me up on any of the avent- any ways on social media or emails or DMs and all that. Um, I, I happy to vomit what I got from other people. But if you really want to look into it, Andrew Huberman, just Google anything Andrew Huberman sleep or Andrew Huberman sleep patterns uh, or Peter Atia, A-T-T-I-A, I believe. Um, They're really good proponents of sleep hygiene and sleep necessity. So, that was kind of health, fitness, fan, male sleep chat. And as we near the 40-minute mark, let's lighten it up a little bit and do a little bit of nerd chat because this summer is the summer of some good, old-fashioned, kick-ass-looking movies. So, here's a little bit of nerd chat. All right, so I won't. Um, I normally, if I'm doing one movie, I'll play the trailer, which is great podcasting radio or great podcasting since it's basically a radio show and it's just audio since it's a trailer. And now that I'm on pretty much every platform like iTunes, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Apple, I'm very careful about some licensing. I kind of don't care, but I'm also trying to be careful. Uh, but I was just talking to Betty and her brother, and the next month is some stellar stuff. We got The Flash coming out, uh, and then shortly after that we have, um, I just blank, 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 blanked on it, Mission Impossible. Then after that we have Indiana Jones, then after that we have Oppenheimer, 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 however you say it. Uh, so those are some biggies, um, and so a little bit of nerd about all of those. So The Flash, for those of you who know, I forget who's directing it, I'm not going to look it up while we're talking, but... According to the latest um, early screenings and people that are talking about it is they actually did some amazing stuff uh, for anybody who's like a, a DC fan. You just know it's just like a, a, just 
so timid and reserved on having any level of faith and enthusiasm. But it sounds like it, it, they pulled it off. Um, for well, This is nerd chat, so if you don't know these things, you're not a nerd. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, intents and purposes, um, this is loosely based on the flashpoint paradox. Um, the short summary is flash goes back in time, screws up time and, uh, the fallout in the actual source material flashpoint paradox, he goes back in time and Bruce Wayne is actually the one who dies. Thomas Wayne, his father is the one who lives and the Thomas Wayne bat became Batman, but he's got like a red symbol. He carries guns. He kills, he has a beard. Um, Zack Snyder, I believe was actually going to have that as part of it when he cast Jeffrey Dean Morgan, because he's a perfect Thomas Wayne, which is also why I believe I would be a perfect Thomas Wayne, not because I'm trying to be a douchey narcissistic Hollywood actor, but when I have a beard and I'm getting older now, I could be Thomas Wayne in a heartbeat. Um, so anyway, in flashpoint paradox, uh, that seems to be the template they used for the flash movie. Um, there are some deviations, some de gender swapping for anybody who's seen Flashpoint Paradox, either the comic or on the DC uh, channel on the HBO app. Um, there's actually a cartoon. It's a pretty wicked cartoon, actually. There's some, a lot of good DC cartoons that are, some are PG-13 and R-rated. They're legit movies, although cartoons. And, you know, they're an hour to 90 minutes sometimes. So go watch Flashpoint Paradox. It's pretty damn good. It looks like the source material, obviously some deviations, um, but you've seen the trailers. Michael Keaton's back as Batman. You see a Supergirl. Um, where she's from, it's pretty cool because as far as I can tell from the trailers, I'm, I'm trying to avoid spoilers. It looks like they're using the Flashpoint Paradox, but gender swapped a little bit. Um, but that's all I got on it. Uh, apparently there's a big cameo um, that's beyond what's been in the trailers, and I'm avoiding the hell out of it because I want to be surprised. But as I understand it, it sounds like from early reviews from two trusted sources, they might have pulled it off. Um, it's not going to make up for <laughs> the last five, seven, ten years of DC abominations and DC disarray. But it sounds like it could have some some merit. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I was a little sketchy and hesitant. I have no problem with Ezra Miller or The Flash. He sounds like he has a lot of personal issues in his life, and I, I respect that. Uh, but I'm actually surprised the studio stuck with him when they have tossed other people aside for less. And um, so it'll be interesting. So The Flash, I will be there. I'm going to go see it in IMAX uh, with Betty and her brother. Uh, Betty, depending on how motivated she is or how interested she is, uh, we're going to, if you do, and for anybody that wants to be kind of prepared for it, uh, here is your work, your homework. Uh, I would watch the first Batman with Michael Keaton. The return of Batman Returns with Michael Keaton, go for it if you want, just so you have a Michael Keaton Batman background. Um, if you have the time, watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, it's better than the Justice League that uh, Joss, Joss Whedon uh, demolished, but you need to find something with Ezra Miller's Flash, and that's Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, there's a glimpse of him in Batman versus Superman, but nothing big. So I, if you can watch that, because the Flash is in it, um, it's the source material, or the source of Ezra Miller's Flash. Um, so I would watch that. If you have the DC channel in the HBO app, or whatever it's called now, Max, go watch uh, Flashpoint Paradox, the cartoon. Uh, that'll get you up to speed. And I would watch Man of Steel, Henry Cavill's first outing as Superman. Um, that should give you a pretty good foundation to be ready for the Flash. That's kind of like if you were to watch all the movies and ready to go. That would be your homework. And moving on, what, what did I say after? Oh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, I think. He's breaking the last movie into two. I got nothing other than just watch it. <laughs> I'm in awe of his career, his movie choices. I would kill to have a fraction of his, to emulate his career. He's a kid that likes acting and doing his own stunts, which was what kids love doing. And he's doing them. And uh, you know, there's an argument to be said for he takes work from actual stunt people. I get that. Like when he broke his ankle and the production had to shut down. That kind of sucks because it didn't have to be him doing the stunt. And so as a result, you know, Joe Blow Billy Bob Carpenter loses his job on that set and has to go hustling for another one because the, the star had to do the stunt. And it was really a stunt that you didn't need to see his face on. Or they could have done face replacement. Watch any Marvel movie, especially lately. 
it's a stunt man or woman doing most of the stuff and the actress's face is shoved on there. If you get really astute, you can even notice in commercials, there's a Samuel L. Jackson uh, credit card commercial. It's 100% face replacement. It's good, but I'm very certain Samuel L. Jackson wasn't there. Uh, his, somebody did the body, they threw his face on it, and that's that. Uh, so that'll be Mission Impossible. He, the stunt's already out on the internet. Uh, the, the, every movie has a big stunt. But at, lately, there's been a couple stunts per movie. But this one has him driving off a cliff in a motorcycle, free-falling, um, and then pulling his chute. It's, it, I, I was sold the minute I saw the, the making and there's like a bunch of footage showing what they did. Uh, I'm in, um, no questions asked. I would, your homework for this movie is I would watch maybe the last two or three. There's a big syndicate. There's like an underlying big bad guy. They didn't have it in the first couple movies. Uh, but they started bringing in like a consistent through line, bad guy scenario um, probably about whatever one started bringing Simon Pegg in, uh, from Shaun of the Dead. That's probably about the time they got a consistent, um, plot or bad guy device and moving on, uh, Indiana Jones. And I forget what something about the clockwork orange or something. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go see it to see it. Um, I watched crystal skull and as we all probably agree it was cool they made one but it shouldn't have been that one um you know i'll still go watch any day of the week because it's freaking indiana jones he's getting old but i would say like probably 30 or 40 percent of the movie is flashbacks and and digital de-aging and to be determined if it's tolerable because i still argue when they're doing entire scenes versus just like trickery and quick sleight of hand uh our human eye still isn't going to accept a digital face. We'll still know it's it's CGI or it's still a digital recreation of a face. Like when they threw Ryan Reynolds on, oh, what is it, new guy? Free free guy, I think. Um, you could tell it was Ryan Reynolds, if you've seen the movie at the end of it, the big steroid guy. It was Ryan Reynolds' face, but they distorted it so much. It was believable because we could tell it wasn't Ryan Reynolds' face, but it was influenced by Ryan Reynolds' face, so it had kind of a cool... Um, believability to it but it's when you do the Irishman that movie with Al Pacino and Joe Pesci where the whole movie is their face you just can't swallow it it feels like you're watching a video game so with all that being said I'll still go see Indiana Jones and whatever the clock thingamajig because um, it's Indiana Jones uh, we'll see because in theory they could have learned from what didn't work in Crystal Skull so maybe they'll just bring it back to good old swashbuckling Indiana Jones and after that is Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer. I'll watch anything with Christopher Nolan. The dude made an A-bomb or something for this movie, or hydrogen bomb, or I don't even know. And it's an IMAX, and so is uh, Mission Impossible. But watch that soon, because as I understand it, uh, Nolan's movie has a license to, on any IMAX theater, <laughs> he gets all his movies going to be in all of them, like two weeks after Mission Impossible's release, so... If you want to see Mission Impossible in IMAX, watch it fast because as soon as Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer comes out, it will occupy the IMAX theaters. Uh, so I'm just going to see that just because of spectacle. Um, it's a cool story. Uh, Nolan really can't, I can't, I won't say he can do no wrong, but so far he can't really do any wrong. Tenant, I still feel like an idiot when I watch it. Inception, I could get it after a couple watches. Uh, Tenant, I still feel like an idiot. I, I don't know. I, I got the gist, but I don't know what's going on. So those are my four. Um, I won't try to wrap it up because I just forgot the order they were in, but those are my four. Yeah, I'll try anyway. The Flash, Mission Impossible, Indiana Jones, and Oppenheimer. Though, like that's a, We got summer blockbusters, at least back in theory. Uh, we'll see. Uh, superhero or comic book movie fatigue might have been remedied with Guardians of the Galaxy and, in theory, this Flash movie. We shall see. So go get the kitties. Go eat some popcorn, go pay some overpriced tickets, and let's get movies back in theaters. <laughs> That's good radio. Oh, I just sneezed right before that. Uh, and you'd think I don't have control of the record button, but it was me. We're going to wrap it up at the 50-minute mark. I'm going to edit this together and get it uploaded to all the sites. And we'll call it a day, just sub one hour. Um, I'll, I'll slowly work at getting guests involved. Betty, people loved it when Betty was on, and we will do that. Um, but we'll call it a day on this. I 
it's almost 6 p.m. Uh, I don't want to be a hypocrite with my sleep hygiene. And um, because of some health issues, I'm actually actively uh, doing the fasting and uh, or intermittent fasting because it's been shown to help with some issues I'm having to reverse. So I need to get my meals in because at this point, my window is I'm not going to be able to eat until like 12 p.m. tomorrow. So I got to get eat, get to the eating. Um Thank you for listening. I say this probably every six months when I do finally get off my butt and do the show. Thank you for listening. Thanks for the support. Um, it, it genuinely means a lot to me. Uh, I just brain farted on something y'all wanted to hear. So stand by. It's the hold music. Hold music. All right, I'm back. All the pimpy stuff I was supposed to say. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'm going to work at it. I got a new mic and a faster setup. Um, I need to, I don't have as, uh, I can't afford two of these mics. Um, I could get him for the first one, but when I got Betty on here, she'll get the other mic and we'll just do our best. I can actually do phone call and stuff, um, that I'm starting to make better. Oh, and noon for those of you who help support that film, uh, big stuff is coming out soon. It's obviously going to be seen by you. Um, and Scott and I are actually recording the commentary this week. So there's big things happening. Appreciate your guys' patience and support. Um, like I said, I am now on any platform you can use. iHeart, Spotify, Apple. Um, Podbean is where it's hosted. Uh, it's it's um, oh, Patreon. Um, this is free, but it ne- I, I never say no to anybody throwing some bones on Patreon. Uh, uh, just for the time I put in, I never say no, but y'all have been supportive regardless. So I don't, it's, it's not an all or none, um, setup. And yeah. So if you go to iTunes rate and review, that always helps. Other than that, that's all the pimpage I will do. I'm everywhere. The land of Boz, I believe I put on there. Um, what is I write? I write something about being free because there used to be a paid version. But it's the land of Boz. It's something in parentheses. I've since forgot what it is. And um, it's out there everywhere. So I really appreciate it. And that should do it. I'm rambling now at this point. So everybody have a great remainder of your Saturday night. Great weekend. Be safe Monday. And as I always say, please go forth, conquer, kick ass, be relentless. Adios. Adios.